Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon bringing you the last, well hopefully last ever, Everything Must Go podcast episode that is recorded over Skype. Honestly, I'm not moving to Chicago anymore. I just decided. (laughs) (laughs) In a week, I'm not going to be able to use that joke anymore. Yeah. That that joke's going to have to die. Dang it. That joke is not going to age well in a week. Actually, it's even less than a week. So the time we're recording this, um, it is what? Five days until I will see you in Chicago. Yep, five Six? days because I leave. Well, I, I leave on Friday, but I arrive uh, Saturday. I'll stay in a hotel overnight Friday, but I have to be out of my apartment by noon uh, on Friday, which is even crazier to me. Just <laughs> the end of an era. <laughs> well, just in case people are not super familiar with our podcast, maybe this is the first episode you've ever listened to. Um, I, I do want to talk about this briefly on just why this is such a big deal. So Brandon and I, we met at the University of Tennessee back in like 2011. And in 2012 was the last time that him and I lived anywhere near each other. And then we pretty much just went off and did our own things in life. Brandon dropped out of school. I continued in school for a little bit. Brandon ended up going back to school. I went off and did... I went to worked at at uh, Disney, and then I did news stuff, and then yeah, it was just like a whole, like a whole bunch of things have have uh, have happened between then and now, and then now that Brandon's moving to Chicago, it's really weird because we've been doing this podcast for a year and a half over Skype, like we started doing it over Skype using our phones to record the audio, and then now it's just getting a lot, it's gonna be a lot different. I mean, it's it's been. Eight years of basically any time that we were going to hang out, it was like a big deal. Like it was, it was a, it was a whole thing. Um, not, not that us when I moved to Chicago isn't a big deal, but I'm just saying, like we were talking earlier, I, I had to figure out Mega Bus and how long was I going to stay and was I going to work when I was there. Uh, you know, plane flights. Uh, are you going to meet me in Tennessee while I'm recording my album? Uh, all these... Which I did. And I remember that my flight actually got canceled the first time I tried to visit you. So I actually showed up a day later. I don't even know if you remember that. I went all the way to the airport and there was a blizzard and they were going to reschedule my flight for the next day. And I had to just hope that they didn't cancel it again. Oh, I remember that because I drove in that blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it, just all those those memories and that time apart, but also just the, the the very brief time that we spent together. I Steven and I talked last weekend, and I was like, okay, so I get in at about eleven on Saturday. What's your plan for that day? You know, or should we should we meet up? <laughs> like the idea of us now actually trying to coordinate hanging out, but it's not it's not this like huge sense of urgency. I mean. I think there is somewhat of a sense of urgency because of what we're pursuing, but in terms of the idea that it's not just like a weekend, it's it's now this is going to be our life, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I still don't even feel like it's real, and I'm wondering when that uh, when that's going to happen. I mean, it probably won't happen until, because you have a work trip. Uh, the beginning yeah, of, that of course. So as soon as Brandon moves here, like literally two days later, I... 
uh, go out to California. Now it's gonna be a really short trip, so it's not that big of a deal. It's just pretty, it's just pretty funny that my first trip of the year happens literally like two days after Brandon moves here. Yeah, it's uh, perfect timing. <laughs> I mean, well, I think we'll get over it, just judging by how awful this long distance friendship thing has been for such a long time. So, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to get over it, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is a a big deal though, because. I talked about this a little bit. Uh, I've been streaming uh, this Dragon Ball Z game, and I took a break uh, one night because I was eating something, and I was just talking about, you know, for for the longest time, it's been tough to, um, you know, find that fire in myself again to, like, really go after something because when you're you're pursuing what people call a real job, uh, there are so many things in life that are kind of, like, set um set in stone for you like oh in order to get this quote-unquote real job i just need to go to college for this amount of time and then i get a piece of paper that allows me to do that and you know there there are other i guess little steps along the way or variables that uh, come into play with different jobs and obviously it's not always a for sure thing um but this path is so this this path invigorates me because it's it's not something that we really as much as we might know our own craft even uh, it it's not a path that we really know what the hell we're doing we're we're trying the best of our abilities to figure out what we want to figure out about ourselves and about how we uh, advertise our craft and and uh, where we want to go with it but there's no blueprint uh, or formula to really just oh follow these 10 steps like we talked about last week because it's it's also unique to you when you're uh building a brand that is your own uh creations and whatnot so it's it's so exciting to me to to be taking this risk because for a while there i thought i was never going to be in this world again and i just feel like this this world is where i should be and i just think it fits me better you know uh 100 that's why uh that's why i'm really excited about just I'm honestly just really excited about even just recording that first episode in the same place again. Because, as you said, even this episode that we recorded back in August of being in the same place, it's noticeable. Like, for me, as somebody who... I mean, let's be honest. I have ADD. Uh, I zone out a lot just because that's just what I do. And it's it's especially harder for me to do this over Skype. Like, I, I can obviously do it. I've been doing it. But I do think it makes a noticeable difference when there's just, like, a, a lot... I'm not just looking at a computer screen. Like, let's be honest, looking at a computer screen or my phone, it's just not the same experience. Like, the energy level will be different. I have no no uh, doubt that you'll you'll see a big difference. And it's also going to be nice, too, because we can get people on the show. Like, we've already planned out uh, one of our guests that we're going to have on the show, and we, we are going to be doing things quite a bit different coming up here. Yeah, and figuring one, – one of the things that we've talked about, and I, I think this is – probably just a good piece of advice in general is uh, there's probably going to be a desire to just jump in and change things and, and uh, you know, do everything that we can right away. But Stephen and I have talked about that. That's a really tough thing to do in life is, is uh, jump into something cold Turkey and just switch how you've been doing stuff. So as much of a desire as Stephen and I might have to to just 
you know, go full full force at everything and, and uh, you know, get big real quick. And I, I think a huge portion of this is going to be determined based on how patient we are and how uh, willing we are to take things step by step. You know, Stephen has, Stephen has established a routine within his own craft and uh, it's been working for him. Now he might t- uh, tinker with things here and there. Same thing for me. So just flipping that, uh, you know, on its backside and, and trying to do something completely different, um, I think would be a disservice to what we've already established. So it's it's going to be really important for us to uh, take things um, day by day and, and just see what we can what we can adjust. And, uh, you know, as we get more comfortable with everything, then we can start to push the ceiling even more. Yeah, we, we literally just talked about this before the podcast. No massive changes immediately to how things are being done. But I guarantee you what we do to start Brandon, like it, what we're doing when Brandon first moves here versus what we're going to be doing by the end of 2020 is going to look quite a bit different. Yeah. And, and it's just going to, it's going to build on top of each other. Like over the course of the year, we'll try some things. And the most important part of this is you're going to be seeing for people who, who know me more than they know Brandon, for anyone who subscribes to my YouTube channel, maybe you're not super familiar with Brandon, but you're you're going to be seeing Brandon in more things that I do. So if you hate him, this is the perfect time to unsubscribe so you never have to see him go, you, going forward. Dude, you lose a thousand subscribers because... <laughs> just immediately just lose a thousand subscribers. I'm like, man, all right. I that act- would show some real dedication, honestly. I actually do decide not to way. move to Chicago because of this. <laughs> no, I tell you, I'm like, dude, actually, on second thought, maybe this whole long distance thing was actually... Maybe that was for us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay away from my content as much as possible. Yeah, maybe that's actually like, yeah, we, we're just better like that. Now, we, okay, so a, a, a running joke between Brandon and I is that we are never firing on all cylinders at the same time. So pretty much when things are going well for Brandon, they're trash for me and vice versa. And now with each other going to be in the same place again, we're just like, what happens now? <laughs> yeah, we, we had a conversation the other day trash where, where we're, we were like, uh, what would it take for you to, you to be at the end of 2020 be like completely sold that this was the absolute perfect decision? <laughs> and we were throwing out like yeah. super extremes, like uh, you find your wife... <laughs> You blow up with millions of subscribers in the first, like, six months of me being there. You have a huge viral video that's specific with me. The podcast, like, allows us to quit our jobs. Would you think it's the right decision? But then there's also, like, what if everything falls apart? What if you put on 80 pounds when I get there? Oh, yeah? <laughs> it wouldn't be a good look for me. But Okay, let me, let me ask you this. What if I dropped 80 pounds, but you put on 80 pounds? Would you be happier? <laughs> Honestly, probably not. <laughs> I'd probably be pissed. Wow. Dude. I mean, I would be pissed. If I put on 80 pounds, I would be like, what the hell just happened to me? You're not a real friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm a trash friend. <laughs> they used to call me the trash man back in school. They didn't call me the trash man. <laughs> Steven Trashman Russell B. <laughs> did, did you have any nicknames? I know we talked about uh, this for one of the episodes. Flame Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Are we elaborating on that, or are we just uh, leaving it as We is? actually, I think we have talked about this on the podcast. We, oh, we, yeah, we probably did. Actually. Uh, See, that's the issue with the new format. Now I'm like, we're going to be talking about the same stuff <laughs> and forget, especially with me, because I, I apparently 
I do that a lot more often than I notice. I like I'll talk about the same thing. So people they're like, dude, you told me this story, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, really? <laughs> but that that story is basic. My dad used to play Counter-Strike, and uh, wolves are my favorite animal. And I, back when I was a kid, I was like, uh, I don't know, like the idea of like having fire powers was really cool to me. So I changed his his uh, like username on Counter-Strike to Flame Wolf, and he got a bunch of shit for it online. So that's... <laughs> That's the story. That is the funniest name, too. <laughs> I was, I think I was eight years old. Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> That's pretty clever for an eight-year-old. I'll give you that. Dude, I was a freaking creative eight-year-old. I lost all my talent after eight. Those are my glory days. That's when I peaked. Yeah, I can see it. Um, it's been downhill. <laughs> I, I don't mean to switch it to a somber subject, but I, I feel like we should probably talk about uh, the Kobe Bryant um, passing, um, I think it was just yesterday, wasn't it, that we found yeah. out? Yeah, so I, I found out about this, actually. Um, I was I was playing tennis. I actually got it in a group text where one of my friends had made a comment about Kobe dying, and then I I was, like, in absolute shock when I saw it. I was like, no, it can't be. Like, I, I, like, a lot of things came into my head at the moment, but I was just like, no, he's healthy. There's no way this would happen. And then as soon as I, I confirmed it by looking it up, I told my friend about it. And then someone at the tennis court overheard me say that and said, wait, what just happened? And then all of a sudden he like announced it to everyone there. So news spread and uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. And to see the impact that that guy had and just all the people who commented on it, like that's someone who definitely left behind a, a massive legacy. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh I had a similar thing cuz I I think I woke up and saw it or something and it was like a TMZ reporting. I think TMZ broke the news. Uh or at least that's where I saw it first and just with TMZ, I I guess I don't necessarily trust everything that they break. And I almost thought it was maybe just a fake thing. Yeah, I was like, no, this isn't real. Um so then I googled it. And I, I saw it like on CBS News and CNN, like a little more reputable news sources. Um, you know, Fox News had it on, ABC, you know, all these different places, ESPN, they all started showing it. And I was like, this is nuts. And then um, I don't even think you knew about his daughter until later. And then I found out even after that, that I think the helicopter had like 10 people on it. In total, um, so ten people died, and it's on top of obviously yes, Kobe Bryant had this huge legacy. I I, I haven't I've I've been having um, these thoughts about these other people that were on this helicopter and how crazy it is because he left such a legacy behind uh, this heli this this. Uh, this thing that happened it was publicized, but uh, what a strange context for the people, the other people who died in this accident, but aren't, you know, they're not really talked about. But it, it's um, just a context that I, I was thinking a lot about um, because a lot of people that other people loved and cared about lost their lives, and I also struggled with the idea. And I, I'm curious what your thoughts were on this because uh, I didn't see you post anything. Um, 
maybe you did, I just missed it or something, but I, I've always kind of had um, troubles with the idea of, of posting, uh, I guess, something in like somebody's memory or, or something like that because um, I, I don't want to ever turn something like this into an attention grab or like something where, you know, I make it about me at all. So part of me is just like, even though this saddens me or whatever that, you know, I might be dealing with it, I should figure out how to sort through it myself and not necessarily share it. But I also understand that for a lot of people, that's one thing that social media can do is, is bring people together. Uh, so I'm curious about your thoughts. Did, did you post anything or if you didn't, what were your, did you think about it? Yeah, I definitely thought about it. I, I ended up not posting anything because, I mean, I've talked about this with you before, that there's um, there's been an incident in my life where I didn't know how to cope with something, and I did make a post about it. Um, but it, it is, it's tough in these situations because you really don't want to make it about you because it's like you want to – but you also want to be able to honor the person – I just feel like everyone does this a little bit differently. It's kind of like people who write a song about a, a troubled thing that happened in their life. Like, I don't think that there is necessarily a right or wrong way to approach this. And if you think that for you, the best way of of grieving it with it is to make a post and, and to honor someone, like, I can't tell you that that's not the, the right way to do it. I think you should definitely look yourself in the mirror and make sure that you're not you're not coming from the angle that this is about you, but I think it's, it can be appropriate if, if you feel like it's the, the right thing to do. And I, I, I can't say um, that there's, you know, that, that it's a very black or white situation in that way. Yeah. Yeah. it's tough. And it's not like it's, it's something where we can really, uh, you know, with anything um, in terms of intent, it's not like we can put people on trial and find out if they were doing it for attention or not, you know? So it's, it's kind of one of those things you just got to be like, all right, what are, you know, if if uh, this is how somebody wants to to cope through it, or they want to honor him that way, you know, it doesn't really impact me at all. But it's something I guess that I kind of battled with because um, I mean I was a big fan of Kobe. I, I love for those of you who listen to this podcast, Stephen and I talk about basketball every so often. We talk about it even more, I think, off the podcast. Um, I, you know, I'm a big basketball fan and. Kobe, I mean, his his legacy extends far beyond uh, basketball. So you kind of want to, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, when you do things in life, a lot of times, like when you do kind things or do things that have meaning, you don't always get the recognition for it. And when stuff like this happens, um, it's kind of special to see, like I, I, you know, I watched a couple of people talk about, you know, the stories that they had of Kobe of just like, you know, this one time uh, he did this for my family just out of the blue. Like that was just the kind of guy that he was. And you don't you don't always hear about that kind of stuff uh, on a day to day thing because it's just like he didn't do it for a certain like he, he wasn't doing that stuff for attention. He was just doing it because, um, you know, that was the kind of guy that he was. And so it's it, it's almost like um it, it's a it's a crazy conundrum because it's like him him exiting this world almost um, 
brings more uh, passion behind his legacy because of all these stories now that people are sharing that might not have ever been told, uh, but because of the the tragic circumstances, we get to see just how uh, powerful and how outstretched his uh, his reach and his uh, kindness. And he wasn't without flaws. Like he, he had some things in his past that he did, but I mean, I think that's, that's the thing with just humans uh, being human is we, sometimes we, we fuck up and, uh, we learn from it and we grow from that kind of stuff. And, uh, being in the public eye, you get to see a lot of that, that growth, uh, from these people, which is, is pretty crazy to think about. But, um, yeah, that's, that's all I really had to say about it. Yeah, one one other thing I, I just wanted to say, from a personal standpoint, the one thing I always really admired about Kobe Bryant is um, I, I, I watched an interview with him um, where he talked about how he was disappointed with his NBA career because he didn't win eight NBA championships. And for those of you who don't know, he won five NBA championships, which is no insignificant number. It's one of the most amount of championships any professional athlete has won in any sport. Um, that being said, when you hear something like, oh, it's a disappointment to not win eight, what I liked about Kobe is that exact thing, where he had that mentality where he he wanted so much out of his life. And I, I, I find that super admirable, that he had so many amazing things going for him. Like, he had all the charisma. He could have had anything that he wanted in this world, but he always pushed it to the limits. And I think... I think that that's something that I've always, like when I see someone like that who's still striving for more and not being content, I think that's motivating. And I I think that mentality is amazing, that he wanted to be the absolute best that there ever was. Because there are times where people will say to me like, you know, you're doing great about about anything. Like, oh, you're doing great at this. And I'm like, no, like there's always, I, I think it's a dangerous path to go down because yes, there's always, you could always be doing more, you could always be better. But I think it is, for certain people, they're just motivated to always want to get better at something. And I think that when I would see that in Kobe, I think that that's something that has really kept me wanting to push myself further and further. Well, we talked about last week about, um, like, work ethic and just, like, what it what it means to be a hard worker and, and uh, I guess, like, how how we work through things, how we're motivated by things. And uh, <laughs> it's weird because I I had a perspective of, you know, is it just you should just, um, you know, consistently always be working on stuff? Because I had that perspective of, you know, I've had songs that I sat down to write and it wasn't coming to me. So I, I was patient with it. I put it to the side and then I came back and wrote something later. But then you hear about someone like Kobe who uh, I heard someone talk about how guys would get to the, the gym uh, or the court at 6 a.m. and he'd already been there for a few hours and he was leaving and uh he would do that every day and just like the work ethic that he had that was so consistent and so intense um for his entire career and then he took that into uh stuff past his uh strictly mba career i'm thinking dude i've got it fucking wrong (laughs) like this guy has that consistency and he's looked at as one of the greats of all time. Like if you're going to learn from anybody, why, why wouldn't it be this guy? Um, so this is, I guess this is a special thing about what you can do in, 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 in a life is, um, you know, I, 
obviously it's such a sad thing that he is gone, but the the fact that uh, even while he's gone, he's he can already he, he can make a, a difference in just ideas and minds. Um, like 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 for me, I'm I'm already thinking I need to approach. Uh, it, it's it stinks that him dying is what ins- inspired this thought in me. I think, but I, altogether, I guess it's just if you can find any sort of silver lining in that kind of stuff, I think it's uh, pretty special that he, that that's part of his, his legacy. Yeah. Whenever I see anybody who is to me already super successful, whenever I see them work really, really hard, I will say it's definitely like a slap to the face to be like, Oh, okay. What I think I (laughs) like, I think I've made it or I think, I think I can just kind of sit back and just kick it. Like, that kind of stuff I've always had a lot of respect for. Like you see people like we've talked about like the rock and Kevin Hart and stuff. These people who in our eyes are people to like are already at greatness. And then you just see that they're still pushing themselves more and more and more. And yeah, I I do think that there is a point of maybe it having diminishing returns, but I think it's, I don't know. it, It always motivates me. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, that that's something special. It is is it can be very motivating and and uh, <clears throat> push other people around. Like, I mean, Jay Williams, who was on ESPN, talked about how his life was changed after he saw Kobe's work ethic. So I just, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, uh, you know, obviously you got to pay attention to your limits, um, but also try to push those limits as much as you can sometimes and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's pretty crazy that it happened, um, and you can tell that a lot of people are really impacted by it. Um, but I think people are probably coming together because of it as well, which is which is special. When you when you were growing up, was Eddie George like the guy that you looked up to, or was there an actor, or who, who was someone who you? Because I, I feel like everyone during their youth, there's someone they see on TV that they somehow try to emulate in one way or another, like the, like the cool person. Who was that person for you? Uh, this is going to sound really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> but uh, mine was a fictional person. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z was... <laughs> okay, may- maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me explain it, because... So, uh, as as goofy, obviously this is an anime. It's it, I, I liked it as a kid, but I guess even as an adult, like reflecting on uh, this character and everything, you know, Goku was a character who um, was an incredibly hard worker at at the thing that he loved in life. He loved fighting, uh, and he loved becoming stronger and pushing himself. Uh, but the thing I really like tried to I guess take to heart uh, when when you do enjoy uh, certain stories or whatever was um, he like really believed in the goodness of people and sometimes that belief and that that thing that drove him um, came to bite him in the butt but he was also he he was so relentless that even if it hurt him in a moment he didn't give up and he ended up conquering anything that 
that came to his way. So it's kind of like the idea of like people will give you shit for doing certain things because it like makes you a pussy or, or, oh, you know, this guy's a goody two shoes, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then, you know, because they're not may, maybe, you know, the whole example of like, you know, a lot of, a lot of villains will, will try to say, you know, the thing that you have working against you is you care too much about other people. So you don't get to make decisions that allow you to get to exactly where you want to go. Cause you're too busy occupied with other people's shit. Uh, but Goku was a was a character that was able to care about others and still kick your ass. So to, so to me it was like even though you know a life like this might be harder to 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 take the long road because you you do things the right way or you do things um uh for other people whatever I I think to be able to do that and be successful and, you know, be on top at the end of it all is way more badass than cutting corners and, and knocking people over on your way and uh, and getting there just for a, a stint of time or, you know, whatever. And then looking back and seeing, you know, the things that you destroyed in your path. Um, and I know I, that I I'm know making I got this... you started on the Dragon Ball Z thing. <laughs> This man <laughs> loves Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I I just think that that message is a really cool one. And I, I don't know. I, I, I know that it is kind of nerdy and whatnot. But dude, you got to be Goku for Halloween, I feel like. I was Goku for <laughs> Halloween when I was a kid, dude. Dude, bring it back. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Bring uh, back Goku. But yeah, I just think, like, I think about our story. And, you know, w- whatever happens in the next, you know, five years for us. Um, it, it took a while to get to wherever we're going, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's all relative, you know, for some people, they didn't become successful in what they wanted to do till they were in their forties. But let's say that you and I become successful in the next five years with this stuff that we love to do. Um, I will, I will love this story way more than, than I, if I had like gotten lucky and blown up at 20, um, by, you know taking advantage of of some networking that i had 100 percent. yeah yeah so i don't know it's just uh i like the things that i tried in life and i like the fact that for the most part i tried to care about other people along the way and even if it makes my journey longer i i will be happy that that is part of my legacy but what about yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> let me guess yours is vegeta Dude, you love Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> no, definitely Majin Buu, dude. Majin Buu. <laughs> <laughs> Majin Buu and I are the same guy, different guy. Man, I had like I had a funny joke prepared. Oh, it's not even gonna be funny now. <laughs> I think my answer was gonna be Super Mario, and then I was gonna be like, he's my only Italian American superhero I could think of. But then I didn't. You know how I, I I'm I'm back to doing that thing again where I don't tell a joke. But I end up telling the joke anyways. I just did it again. That's okay. It's, it's oh, actually, I remember the other joke, too, which was I was going to say Dopey from Snow White. Because <laughs> of our conversation before the Because of our conversation. Our conversation before we recorded today was, you know, whenever there's like a TV show or a movie or whenever there's like a couple of characters you're introduced to or even a podcast when there's two two people, perhaps a couple of co-hosts, the audience always has like an idea in their head of like what kind of person each person is. 
And I asked Brandon beforehand, like, <laughs> over time, or even up to this point, who do you think people think that we are? And Brandon's like, I could see people thinking that you're dopey. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so are you saying that people think I have, like, a lack of knowledge in my head? And then it turned into this whole thing. Like, no, 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 it's, it's not exactly it. And, uh, so are you going to explain what I meant by it, or are you just going to make me look like a fucking asshole right now? No, so that was it. Brandon was actually, he was just trying to hurt me, and he, uh, he was successful. What I meant by it is, if you ever listen to the show, Stephen will sometimes say these jokes that are, are, are dumb funny, like, like stepbrothers funny, <laughs> or dumb and dumber funny, like, like don't be funny. And that's what I meant by, I was listening to an episode, uh, one of our first episodes, where I was talking about uh, things aren't just black and white. Sometimes they're in the gray. And Steven goes, yeah, like, maybe you're a burrito. Which doesn't make any sense. It's a dumb joke. I, I think it's funny. Um, but, like, that that thing is what I'm describing when I think of, like, dopey do- dopey sense of humor. Um, but to be, to be frank, I hate when you ask questions like this. He, he'll, he'll either ask me questions like, which one of us is better at this? Or he'll be like, you know, which, what do you think people will think of us? Like, he'll always compare us in certain things. I'm just like, I don't even want to fucking answer these questions because these are my favorite. I hate that. You hate the types of questions that actually one of my legitimate biggest pet peeves is when people say, I ask too many questions. I'm like, listen, asshole. This isn't even you ask too many questions. It's this specific question is so fucking dumb because it why are we comparing we're two different people so i don't yeah, even know why you need to compare us it, if it would be a couple things though. it'd be one thing but you like everything that we do you're like well, which one of us is better at this which one is this which one of us that <laughs> should we put a poll up to, uh, to our ask our audience about this it's like shut the fuck up dude <laughs> No, see, I I just enjoyed it. Like, I, okay, I'm the kind of person where if I'm hanging out with people, I'm like, all right, so uh, we're all Power Rangers. Which one's the Red Ranger? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. That's just – see, this is the kind of stuff I do. When I go out, I hate small talk, all right? So if I'm hanging out with a new group of people, if I'm going out somewhere, instead of just having, like, normal chit-chat, like, oh, what do you do for a living? Or, you know, I'll ask people just, like – absurd questions or just like goofy questions and but even those absurd questions are different than the comparative questions those are the ones because it's like you basically what i'm getting at is it's like you're always trying to pin us against each other and i'm just like dude <laughs> we're on the same fucking team why do we dude, i'm building i'm building the narrative all right here's the thing people from the beginning of us doing this podcast one of the reoccurring things i've heard has been that brandon and i agree on too many things so the only way to uh, spice it up is is to fabricate some stuff and just you know you're stirring up drama, dude. We should definitely do we should do diss tracks when I move when I move to oh, Chicago, dude. I, I I plan on doing diss tracks. The thing is, I don't even know how to make beats, but I'm gonna figure it out just to do. Well, this. no, I'll we'll I'll I'll make the beat for you, and then you just rap. Over. Well, oh, this is gonna be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> this is actually my new favorite thing because. I'll actually take it really serious. I'll write some incredible. What if? What if this is how I I become a famous rapper from writing diss tracks against you, dude? People are like, I don't know who Brandon is, but this diss track is dope. I I actually <laughs> think like I think we should save this idea for if if you and I start blowing up on anything, and like people get to know us like together like on the podcast or any collaborations that we do, like they think of us as like a a, a duo. 
to to get more publicity. We do rap. <laughs> we do diss tracks against each other, and we 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 make it like we're uh, like we're in a big uh, feud with each other. <laughs> Just Dude, as- I, I gotta start stockpiling up on these. I want to have like ninety diss tracks prepared for the <laughs> for the inevitable time, and that this way I can choose <laughs> which one's the best. <laughs> I mean, if I do enough, it's one of those things where I feel like if I have enough quantity, eventually I'll actually have something where I'm like, you know, it's pretty solid. I tried doing something like this back, uh, what was that? Like, it was like in 2018, I think. But uh, me and my friend, we we started writing some, uh, some raps over a beat. And then I never, you know, I never followed through with it. But I, I've been, I've been waiting for this moment for I could finally breakthroughs so and people get to know me. Oh, dude, fuck that. I'm not making your beats, then. You can have that guy make your beats for you. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pay top money to get, like, this incredible beat. <laughs> How, let me actually ask you. I, I know that we, we don't necessarily have, a, like, a music segment planned for today, but wh- what do you think about, uh, like, the idea of, Bo Burnham calls it beat fetishism. It's it's like uh, like hip hop specifically trap beats and and a, a lot of music seems to be uh, like hip hop music seems to be really about beats rather than the substance behind what what hip hop artist is saying. Uh, at least that's what the you know the the OGs uh, try to argue. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about it? Do you agree with that? Do, uh, do you enjoy the beats? Well, I kind of think. It, it, back in the day when people would write songs, uh, I, I guess I don't, I can't think of like a real era of that this would happen. But I'm thinking a lot of things like <laughs> "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" and this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think if that's like the best example of like a song that everybody knows that it's just catchy, but the lyrics are just completely dumb and pointless. I kind of feel like for a long time, a lot of music was literally more just. Uh, catchy poem than it was this really deep i feel like having really deep material in your music may not even really be that uh old of a thing like that might be kind of a a newer thing so i'm not that surprised that people just gravitate towards what sounds good versus the actual words because people even listen to music in languages they don't understand so i'm actually surprisingly i'm not that against this like i don't think it's that surprising at least from my perspective. Well, uh, so when I listen to music, the first thing I do is, as much of a lyrical guy as I am, the way that my music taste has developed is when I listen to music, I, I, I do literally just listen to the music part of it, not, not like mm-hmm. the... Sometimes not even necessarily the 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 vocals or, or whatever. It, it's like like it doesn't need to be an incredible singer or anything um, all the time. Sometimes it's all about just what kind of feelings the music invoke in me. So there is an aspect of like the the beat uh, in any like the beat in hip hop music or you know the just the inst- overall instrumentation in any other genre. Um, you know, can have an impact on me before I even know what they're saying. And the thing about just art and music in general is uh, because it's so subjective, I think if if the music can invoke a certain feeling in you, 
you can really make it about whatever you you want to make it about. Mm-hmm. I I mean I remember I was watching an interview with the Fray, which is historically my favorite band because of what they inspired in me. Um, and uh, the, the lead singer was talking about how he would get messages from fans about how they uh, their their first wedding dance was to How to Save a Life, which is like a song about him like feeling like he's losing his brother. So it's not a love song at all. And to him, yeah. he's like, wait a second, you shouldn't be doing a first dance to that. But to people that chose it that way, it's because the song meant something specific to them. Um, and that's, the, the, that's kind of the special thing uh, with sharing art is it can, as, for whatever whatever you meant it to uh, to say or be, once you release it to the world for other people to take it in, it, it becomes whatever their perspective is of it. So, you know, as much as I might say I really care about lyrics, there are songs that I really love. Uh, for instance, uh, Send the Rain by Noah Gunderson, uh, which is a song on our playlist. Mm-hmm. That That song has like probably maybe 10 different lines it's a lot of repetition and it's not a he's not saying a lot but that song evokes a a serious emotional response from me and even the little things that he's saying i don't know what he actually means by that song but for some reason that song hits me and it means something specific to me so for even mumble rap i mean i think a lot of times uh hip-hop because it's it, it's kind of thought of as like it's it's cool it pumps me up whatever like the beat sometimes i think you could argue is more important than the lyrics with, with yeah. that i mean it could be with any music honestly because if it if it evokes that certain emotional response that you want out of that genre or whatever it is isn't that the job anyways yeah i mean i i think about the music that i listen to and i the music is technically going to be more important than the lyrics because I usually don't know the lyrics until later. There are some instances where a song is so catchy, you can kind of catch a lot of the lyrics on the initial listen. But I mean, a lot of times it's going to be a few times listening to something before you even get the whole picture of what the song is about. So I usually say that the lyrics being really, really good are usually, it's usually the cherry on top of a song for me because it's, it's overall something about it musically that sort of hits you on an emotional level that comes first. So yeah, for me, and, and I mean, I, I just think about this in a lot of the music that I listen to, like I listen to a lot of metal where I have no, literally no idea what the guy's saying in the song. He's like screaming. He's pissed off about something. I don't know what he's saying. And then I'll go back and I'll listen to it. And then I'm, I'll actually like have the lyrics in front of me. And sometimes that'll really bring a new life into what the song is. But, uh, I, I, because the music part of it is more, important i feel like then i i mean i i think it's annoying sometimes that we were so obsessed with beats and stuff like that because i think that it's caused a lot of music to be more substanceless nowadays um yeah there's definitely a, be- there's probably a line like if it's if it's it's crazy substance substanceless I, th- I think yeah it's it's tough for me even if i like your beat to to really stick with the song so i agree with that yeah but I mean, what about with other like art mediums? Do you do you think? Uh, I, I guess a good analogy would be like action movies. Like some people have a hard time with over the top action movies because they think that 
that that flashiness gets in the way of of the actual substance of a movie. Do you do you feel hundred yeah. percent? I actually think I think movies back in the day they were pretty much they people used to go see things in theaters. So they would go watch uh, a big like theatrical production. What you pay your ticket, you'd sit up in the theater. It was like a whole experience and. You didn't have that much to work with except for a stage. So you really had to find ways to be creative to tell this story. And it seems like when movies were first made, there wasn't as many cuts. There wasn't as much that you could do from, like, this, the cinematography wasn't really super developed on what, what that was going to be. And when if you watch some of the really old movies, we're talking, like, 30s and the 40s and stuff like that, those movies... It is almost like you're watching a recorded uh, play because it's, it's like here's a scene, it's in this room, then here's a scene, it's in this room, and it was it it was built more like in acts. Whereas nowadays, if you go to watch a movie, you have like 19 million cuts over the course of the movie, and I do think that over time we've gotten away a little bit from what was so cool about the the medium of being able to to watch. A, a story and watch a story unfold. It's not to say that I don't like modern day movies, but I do think that sometimes they're, it's almost like they're so focused on just being so over the top with a bajillion shots and so many explosives that I feel like it dilutes a little bit of what I, I like. Um, and I, I, that's why I think I like a lot of eighties and nineties movies. Cause I feel like that's sort of the sweet spot before it got really over the top with, I mean, nowadays it is, it's pretty extreme on how often cuts are. And the reason why I bring this up is because actually in college I took uh, like intro to cinema studies or something. I think that was what it was called. And I actually really enjoyed that class because we, uh, we would talk about things like this, and that was something that always stood out to me. I, th- I think that's one thing that people respect about like indie movies or even indie music is – I think with the advancement of of technology and just our capacity to do these crazy big stunts and action scenes or whatever, the the stu- the movie studios and uh, you know the big budget productions have the capacity to do that kind of stuff. So I think I think you're absolutely right. Like I even watched Inception the other the other week and good movie. That's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie, but there were a couple times when I wanted the action to stop because I was like, this story is so compelling, and I just love the character arcs and 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 how they're like, I guess just the vessel through which they were telling the story. Um, of this broken man and uh you know this idea that he placed in his wife's mind but the action like was getting in the way of it and i think you know back to the idea of indie movies indie movies can a lot of times have that old timey feel where it's like this movie isn't going to have all that flash and and uh you know crazy explosions or action you're really just going to get a story of of people or a, a story of tragedy or, or love, whatever, and just watch that. But but the only thing that is, those indie movies don't get the big budget advertisement that the, you know the big studio movies do. Dude, I've been thinking so much about this uh, because of our conversation about me liking like really raw things in general. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're a hundred percent right because I, I've been thinking about how even in movies, I tend to like the movies that there's just a sense of. Like, it's not overly produced. There's something about it that feels a lot more 
a lot more real. I, I really do think that that's, that that's something that I really connect with. And I think, I think that's part of the reason why I was originally not into this idea of vlogging. Like for a long time, I was sort of resistant on this idea because I'm like, who cares? It's like what people want to see what I'm doing in my life. And weirdly enough, I absolutely love vlogging now because it's so cool that I'm like capturing my life in a form that is not produced at all. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I really, I really enjoy things that feel so real, especially when nowadays a lot of things feel so fake. And I know that's probably been, I bet if you interviewed someone on the street in, in 1982 and, and asked them like about today's society, they'd probably say that today's society is really fake or superficial. I, I, I feel like we probably hear a lot of the same things. And maybe this is just a continuous thing throughout human history, but I do feel like I really do gravitate towards things that feel just more real and less overly produced. Well, I think you've you've said before that I think you like the classic Star Wars movies more than the the ones that came out later because of like they use actual sets versus all the CGI and and even some of the I guess the cheesiness of what they tried to accomplish you you appreciate because uh, yeah. it's just more raw and I think it's why I'm so drawn to YouTube. I think I just like the fact that these are just like people. <laughs> this is just anybody. There's no because whenever even as a kid, even though I've always wanted to be on TV, I I think I always had issues with like who are these people actually when I would see people I, talking. Uh, into a microphone on TV. I'm like, are they being told to say this stuff? Are these real life people? Like, there was always something about it that I felt, it felt very disconnecting. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like they, I could connect with these people. And it, it's cool because I watch YouTubers and I feel like they're my friends. Like in, in a weird way. I mean, not really, but kind of. And and that's just a a unique part of living in today's society. Yeah, you can almost vicariously live <laughs> through other people, which. I guess at some points can probably be super unhealthy. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I've talked about even uh, playing video games. There, there are times when, you know, I'll immerse myself into this world, and in this world, I'll, I'll gain experience and, and use it to level up my my strength. And it's like, you know what? I actually could be at the gym right now and actually, mm-hmm. quote unquote, leveling up my strength by lifting weights. But instead, I'm focusing on this fake character that I'm uh, trying to give a backstory to and all this stuff. And I know it's a little different than what we were talking about. But but I do see a lot of times Twitch is a very interesting platform because uh, especially for, for streamers who do the just chatting stuff, um, I've actually been kind of addicted to a couple Twitch streamers who have like gotten into relationships online. Like you've gotten to see them meet somebody online, and then Ms. Kiv and Maya Higa uh, is some is, are, are a couple that I I just like found out about recently, and I'm just I'm like watching highlights of their their story together, and I'm like, oh my god, please! It's like it's like a real life Rachel and Ross situation. Like, will they? Won't they? Type? Not not exactly that story, but just I don't know. It, it, it there is a rawness and a realness to that content where it's like. Uh, you can't even get that, even from uh, a platform, uh, you know, like like movies, indie movies, or something that are really good at capturing story. It's still not, it's still not ever true, like one hundred percent real. Because some some movies, even you know, I I really like, but when I think about the dialogue, like Quentin Tarantino, for instance, 
I love his movies. But his characters are all so chatty. They all talk a ton because that's how he writes them. And it's just not realistic to life because not everybody is that talkative. But I still like his art, but it's just like, that's what I'm saying, the disconnect between the rawness and realness of some of the platforms that you have nowadays online. It's it's pretty cool. Well, let me ask you something that's, uh, I don't know that we've actually talked about this specifically before, but I think I mentioned it to you on the phone, um, about how people are saying that because people are not bored anymore, that there's a lack of creativity in the world because everyone, you know, let's be honest, when you're in the bathroom now, you know, there's a good chance you're going to be on your phone looking up Instagram or an article on the internet. And there's pretty much always something that you could be doing at all times of the day because we have phones with the access to the internet and uh, there's just a lot of distractions over the course of a day. And now people are saying that that's cutting back on creativity and I'm curious to know because I I have my thoughts on this uh, have you found it to be impacting you at all um yeah I mean there have been times where I've thought about getting off of a smartphone and going back to a flip phone because (laughs) (laughs) like like you really thought you're maybe gonna do this yeah I've considered it a couple times and it's still not out of the question to be honest uh, because I I can find myself getting uh, locked into it. I, I don't necessarily, I don't know that I can necessarily say that it takes away from my creativity because I feel like, um, I feel like there are some ideas that I've either been working on or had uh, even since technology has, like to this point, technology is more advanced than it ever has been in the past. But I would say to this point in my life, I'm probably uh, the most creative, like most creatively charged or, 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 uh, have the most ideas ready to be, uh, kind of finalized. Um, I guess maybe they, they take up time. So it takes away from a sense of urgency, uh, possibly, but at the same time there, it also leads to impatience because we're so used to getting things, uh, done so quickly and access to so quickly. So it's, it, I don't know, there, there are some contradictory things within that. And, and because art is so subjective, I don't even know that you can, you can make the, the claim that, uh, like creative levels are, you know, who, how are you, how are you fucking comparing that? I, I don't know. Dude, I, you I, need the same scale from last episode. Yeah. You gotta take your shirt off, yeah. step on the scale. Sir, keep your shirt on, please. Oh, my pants? <laughs> That's the exact scale that you need. <laughs> um, so it's it, like I would say maybe creativity has shifted because now we have different instruments to use for our creativity. But um, I don't know. People are still innovating, uh, even in music. People are innovating. Uh, you know what kind of music they make. People are innovating in movies. People are innovating uh, all, all over the place. Um, and I think I don't know. I. It's also tough for me to. Uh, this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you talk. <laughs> but it's tough for me to entirely agree with the fact that people aren't bored anymore because one of the things that leads to substance abuse is because people find life to be so boring when they're not inebriated or high. Like when you when you live a sober life, uh, and I can speak to this. Sometimes I'm like, I have so much time on my hands that. <laughs> 
And I'm not saying I always use it effectively, but like I'm bored a lot of times, so I I, I might fill it with um, with mindless activities, uh, and that's not necessarily because there is no boredom. It's it's literally because I don't. I'm always in a state of somewhat mindfulness because I don't do anything that uh, I guess chemically takes me out of that. So. I don't know. There, I think there, are, there are holes in that argument. What do you think? I, I just want one side note. I always liked when. <laughs> I hope I don't like it so sidetracked from this comment that I forget everything I was about to say. But I remember I used to always like when I was texting a girl and I'd be like, "What's up?" and they'd be like, "You know, nothing, just bored." Because whenever they'd say "just bored," you knew that was like. That was like your maybe your chance to hang out with her. <laughs> that was always like one of my favorite things to get. I'm like, oh, it was either you were gonna be able to hang out with her or you were gonna be able to like have a conversation like that got like a little deeper because she was gonna be able to text you for a while. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I don't remember the last time I had that situation happen, but <laughs> I know me neither. That's why I was like, oh man, that just totally brought me back because that was always like. That was like the best phrase. Like, oh, they're bored. All right. I wonder why they're telling me that they're bored. Are they trying to say, hey, let's hang out? Hopefully that didn't take me off my point, though. Oh, so my point. Um, I think I, – I don't think that it's really – it's taken away from creativity because I, th- I think as you're right, I think it's shifted because now we have access to so much information. So on those times where maybe we're not just left in our mind, we are also having access to our phone, which has – an endless amount of content on there. So I think it's easy to find a bunch of inspiration. You don't have to like go to a library to go find inspiration in a book or something. You have an entire library, a world library, just in the palm of your hand. So I do think that the creativity is still right there. I do find it really, really weird though, how we aren't left with our thoughts much anymore because I I think I've talked about before where I spent a lot of time just in my own mind and that's always kind of been like my safe haven. It's always been where I enjoy. It's like my own little world. I think everyone's got their own world in there. And I feel like I love spending a lot of time in there. And it's weird because I do think that I spend less time in there now. And I, or at, le- at least accessing parts of my brain that I feel like I accessed a lot more as a child and, and before I was using a smartphone. And I do think that my creativity has shifted in that regard. So the fact that I spend less time in that part of my mind is really freaky to me because I've noticed lately that I've, I used to write poetry every so often and I just like, I've really struggled to do it now because I feel like a lot of that part of me came from time that I would spend alone or time that I would spend just in my mind. And that's where a lot of this like imagery came from. And I feel like I don't go as deep into my imagination as I used to go because I'm so busy all the time, either working or on social media or making content of some kind. And I I have been debating lately, like taking a week to not spend almost the, like at all on my phone, just to see what noticeable differences happen. And if there's gonna be parts of me that I'll tap into again, and I'll actually realize that I've missed it because it, yeah, I, I, it's it's a weird feeling. I really don't feel like I have tapped into those parts of my mind. And it's that it doesn't seem like a good thing. And I do think in the future we're going to find out that it probably isn't a good thing to essentially suffocate parts of 
your mind that activate when you're not on when you're not stimulating it through technology. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, you know something I've I've struggled with um, in the past is uh, you know I used to think that um, when I was playing video games I was mindless. It was just like I was zoning out. And to a certain extent, yes, but when I when I have like these split second moments of clarity in my time of, of like playing video games or something, what I realize is the entire time I'm playing this game, my my mind is racing with thoughts. Like I, I'm constantly like racking my brain. Now I guess maybe they're not as present thoughts and maybe that's somewhat of what you you are speaking to here is is just the way that we uh, think about things is is changed while we're utilizing technology. Um, but it, I would almost argue that maybe I even think more than I probably should because I'm I'm utilizing these mind these kind of mindless activities that allow my mind to roam free because I'm not occupied by something that that really takes a present mind. I'm like, I'm just pressing these buttons and, you know, things are happening, but I can kind of do that on autopilot. And while I'm doing that on autopilot, my brain is running about, you know, past relationships or, you know, what am I actually doing with my life? You know, and I I get locked up in these things. And then I think when you, um, you get locked into those mindsets, you know, I've talked to people who, have a similar, I guess, struggle. Uh, and, uh, and I think it kind of, you can probably develop habits of, of sort of paralysis by analysis through, through those, those mindless <laughs> thinking times. Um, and you're, I think you might be on, onto something with the idea that, you know, maybe we'll, we'll look in, in the future and realize that, uh, the specific parts of our brain that we are accessing while we do this stuff, uh, is leading to uh, really bad mental habits, and, um, and and maybe maybe we are capable of maybe it's it is a different specifically to go back to the point about uh, creativity. Maybe maybe it is uh, a different way of creativity, and you can't necessarily measure whether it's uh, more or less creative, uh, but maybe. You know, when we talk about the capacity that we specifically might have, um, you know, your environment impacts your genes, you know, no matter what you do. So, uh, you know, maybe our capacity is limited to a certain certain area because of, you know, what we're doing with this technology and, and those areas that our mind might otherwise branch out of. Uh, we're not developing as well. And, and it, it is limiting our creativity in that sense. Um, what, what else should we discuss in terms of you? Uh, maybe I'm more in, into this topic, but to me, it's kind of crazy that this is our last episode we're doing over Skype. So I just keep thinking about like how the next time we're doing this is in person. So what are some things that you're going to be happy <laughs> that we won't have to do anymore that we're actually moving this to real life and not doing the Skype thing? Um, you want me to specifically talk about like the podcast or just anything? I mean, 
you're the one who's uh, who's making the move here. So anything you want to anything you want to get out of here now. The reason why I, I'm I'm especially bringing this up is because I want us for us to look back on this episode and be like, oh yeah, that was the last episode that we did with this current setup. Uh, well, I'm looking right now at our our stream, and we have this overlay of the Everything Must Go logo, and you only get to see like our shoulders and our head. It's going to be kind of cool to to see you and I sitting next to each other and <laughs> actually being able to look at each other and talk, because uh, I just feel like that that feels a lot more authentic and genuine than what we're doing right now. So I even think of just the, I guess the. Uh, potential of people that might enjoy what we talk about, I think, will be increased because just the whole environment will feel uh, a lot better. I'm also just, uh, I guess, just in general for a small thing, um, you know, you and I have a lot of conversations on the phone about, you know, ideas, you know, what what should we do different here or... uh, And I'm just pumped, even if it's just like you and I are editing a video separately, uh, you know... having those moments that I usually might be alone doing not that we won't like we'll still have moments where we do some of that stuff alone but you know like if you and I get done doing a podcast and you have to edit one of your YouTube videos maybe I'll edit the podcast all over in the same place um, and just have that company with each with each other Uh, you know if we're talking about specifically to go back to this whole like the way that you're stimulating your mind you know maybe doing that stuff together will be one of those things where because we're together, maybe we're still having conversation and it's stimulating in a way that is better for our brains and the way that we think than maybe if we were doing it alone and just locked into our technology. Like those walks we went on, like back at UT, I feel like if we would have recorded those walks, it would have been like a better, a better podcast just because we, I don't know. There's, I, I I just really think that the environment, I mean, as fun as it is just sitting in this chair with this trash background that I've complained about is like, <laughs> this camera is in the worst part of my apartment and I hate it so much. Um, but this is really, the, this is just where my computer is, so I can't not sit here. But um, yeah, it'll definitely be better to just not do, <laughs> like just actually have a person. I definitely do. I, I will say I've come a long way, but when I first started making YouTube videos, when there was nobody around me, I always had way worse energy. And I get just a, a, a much bigger rush when I'm in a room of people whenever I'm recording. Like, I'm really excited for, as we talked about, like doing a, a parody video with, you know, five other people actually being on a set and recording something. Like, th- those are the times where I feel like I really am in my element and I thrive a lot more. So, that kind of stuff, I get really stoked on, like having guests over here and, 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 yeah, having a, a whole different setup. So from my own personal perspective, I really look forward to not doing this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's so cool that this podcast started the way that it did. As I said, on Skype, using our phones to record. I think that's really, really cool. I think that's a unique, um, it's like a unique beginning to the starting of the podcast. And, you know, this whole time, if you go to the Everything Must Go at EMG Pod, if you go to that Instagram, it's always said, we're a Chicago podcast, and that's always been only half true. Uh, but it's weird because, you know, it's been foreshadowing. We knew the whole time that there was a chance that this could happen. Now, when we first recorded this, I don't think we really thought that much of that. Like, I, 
definitely the first day that we recorded it versus now. I don't think I ever thought that this was going to happen, that we would actually both be in Chicago doing the podcast and other projects together. I think that's a big surprise. But this is this just goes to show you that sometimes in life when you do something that at the t- like at the moment it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but sometimes it ends up being a life-changing thing. Like it it has been regardless of where this ever actually goes. It's been a life-changing thing that has really shaped me from just my I don't even want to speak for Brandon. It's completely shaped me. It gave me a direction for my um for all my creative projects and it really got me to to step outside and that all started from a, just a long distance thing here in I don't know. It's uh it doesn't feel like this is the last episode recorded over Skype and there probably will be another time where we're out of the state and we have to record something like that, but it is uh it's good to know that we're into a new chapter of doing this. I guess uh, my last thing I want to say is I what I'm probably most excited about is we've go- gone so long without a kiss and I feel like I can't <laughs> there it is there it is I can't wait wait, wait. Okay, so, wait so I'm I, I'm not supposed to play off this joke right because if I I'm supposed to say this joke is stupid because oh, apparently we as we talked about here we go no uh, apparently that I I play off jokes better on phone calls but on the podcast I'm trash but that's fine you know what maybe maybe this is one of those things where that will change when we have when we record it in my apartment. Who knows? I just realized you've never actually even seen the backdrop, right? You weren't even here when this was there. The Chicago the, backdrop? The Chicago picture. Yeah, I don't think you had it when I was there. I, I think you had the it. one uh, directly behind you. Yeah, I did have that. But not but the, yeah, not the big finally, poster. Yeah. You I, get to I, finally be right there. I am curious how we're going to do the setup in your current apartment when I get there. Do you, I, do you have an idea? I've been asked about this. I do I have an idea. I mean, I have ideas are any of them very good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, honestly. I, I we're, we're gonna have to figure that out. I was thinking maybe we, you know, what, let's 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 talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we uh, we send it off? Um, twenty eight so far is good. <laughs> twenty eight what? Twenty eight so far is good. Like being 28, you know, like the age. Oh. <laughs> no, just like the number 28, you know, it's like not quite. I was quite, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like about? not quite 29, but also not 27. <laughs> my, my mind went to, I was like, Kobe was number 24. What is he talking about? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, because your birthday was, was it last week? Yeah, last episode was right on my birthday. Like, like when it came out, it was right on my birthday. Yeah, so you do you feel older now? Oh, I feel... Um, you know, no, not, I don't really feel that much older, but I did. I think what's weird is that now I will be 30 in under two years. That's the thing that feels the most weird, I think. Just like that I'm technically that close because, yeah. uh, I don't know, I just, there's a lot of things I want to accomplish between now and then. So I think it it doesn't like really put pressure on, but it, it just makes me feel like, okay, let's uh, – Let's step it up here. Let's uh, let's let's kick it into even another gear. I've I've definitely had that thought too, and I it's it's weird because uh, you know you think that oh you have to be successful when you're really young, but it's kind of crazy how many people don't become successful till their late twenties or their thirties. Uh, so it's been really encouraging because I've I've kind of had <laughs> that sort of almost a depressive thought of like gosh this has taken you know wh- whatever journey I'm about to go on 
I wish I would have figured it out when I was really young because then I would have had oh, a better yeah. chance. But it's like that's not even necessarily true. Like H3H3, that podcast didn't become successful till they were in their, uh, you know, lower 30s, um, which they still are in their um, early 30s. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm uh, – it does feel weird to say how close to 30 we are, but – yeah, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> Thirty is the new twenty. That's that's what people say. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Dope. Well, I am pumped for it to be uh, this to be our last. I know that we've probably talked everyone's ear off with this fact that this is the last virtual episode, but I don't think we can understate it enough how excited we both are for that because. Uh, as uh, much of a routine and uh, an established, I guess, creative process as we have done uh, from miles apart, um, it's going to be pretty crazy that in a week that 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 uh, barrier, that variable, that obstacle isn't going to be one anymore. So pretty exciting. 100p. 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 Okay, well uh, – I am going to be editing. Uh, so tonight is Monday. The episode is releasing in less than uh, 24 hours. <laughs> Tonight's going to be a late night for me, but thank you guys all for, for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you've gotten to this point, um, appreciate you sticking through it all. Uh, if you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, feel free to email us, emgpod at gmail.com. Or uh, feel free to leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. As always, follow us on social media, at EMGPod for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, For uh, Stephen's um, individual stuff, it's at Stephen Russell B. That's with a V, not a PH, two S's, two L's. And then you can follow me at Brandon J. Flippin. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. (laughs) 